1: Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons.
0: Hello and listen to. Uh, what? What? Hello and listen to. Oh boy. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. That's weird that I had that trip there. You know, you'd think I'd go back and start the show over again, but why? You know, it wasn't that bad. It's kind of fun, right? Okay, anyway, so, um, well, I haven't talked much about uh, this particular person in a while and uh, some of the stuff that uh, uh, he's been up to. And uh, I thought I'd, uh, well, I thought I'd bring it up here because uh, uh, an end of an important week has just uh, come uh, in dealings with this particular person. And Of course, I'm talking about President Trump. Um, uh, the uh, House of Representatives, uh, their whatever committee has... Um, I think it was today. This is Friday. I'm recording the show on Friday, the uh, November 22nd um, of 2019, and it, it. This I think this is the day they wrapped up the uh, the hearings. Uh, to determine whether or not uh, the House of Representatives of the United States uh, Congress should move forward with uh, impeachment proceedings against uh, the president. And as I understand it, there's it's, it's two things that are being looked at here. One, that the president did... Uh, um, uh, attempt to get a, a leader of a foreign country, the country being re- Ukraine, to try to dig up dirt on a political opponent. That political opponent being Joe Biden. Uh, so that's 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 one thing. That's one aspect of this. Uh, and it's also my understanding that the president has said that uh, yes, he has done that. Uh, uh, which to me seems like that's that seems like an unpresidential thing to do. Uh, high crimes and misdemeanors mm, for me, I think so. But that's just me. What do I know? I'm just some artist who works as a janitor and does a podcast and writes a blog. Yeah, what do I know? So, uh, but the other part of it is a quid pro quo aspect, where uh, the this part of the entreating the president of Ukraine. I think it's the president. Uh, to find this dirt on Joe Biden. Uh, in in doing that, uh, if he comes up with some good stuff, uh, we, would uh, we the United States, would give him some military aid or some money of some sort. Okay, You can tell that I'm not super versed in all this, but this is, as I understand it, these are the two major prongs of uh, what were the wrongdoings here. Are these the things, is there... Sufficient evidence that the president did this stuff, so that maybe uh, articles of impeachment should be uh, uh, drawn up and uh, the p- the impeachment process should go forward. I am not sure where it's going to go at this point, but uh, that's how it seems to me uh, to be what's what we're at at this point. So uh, if I'm wrong on some of this, uh, let me know. You can email me at dimland. Uh, uh, you can e- Dr. Dim at dimland.com. D R D I M at dimland.com, you can email me. Set me straight. That's fine. But that's my understanding of what what's going on. Uh, and <laughs> looking at my Facebook page, yeah, you know, I've got uh, uh, I've got friends that are pro-Trump, and I've got friends that are anti-Trump, and they they are as polar opposite of each other on this on this proceeding as can be. The pro-Trump people are saying, you know, following the the Republican line. As far as I understand it, being this this is the Democrats are are wasting our time. There's uh, important business to be done for the country. And why are they doing this? And and they've been trying to impeach the president since the first seconds after he uh, after he finished taking his oath of office uh, on January 20th, uh, whatever the first uh, 2017. Uh, you know first day he, you know, took office as president. And, in that, uh, um, and that this is, this is an, an, not just an attack on our president, but an attack on our democracy and all this, you know, overbearing kind of stuff. And then there's the anti-Trump sorts that are saying, no, oh, this is what needs to be done. He's a terrible, terrible man. And, uh, he's, uh, he's done this, these awful things and this quid pro quo and, and all this stuff. And, uh, sharing articles and opinion pieces that uh, bear that up. And I've just been watching this on Facebook, seeing both sides going at each other. Uh, and, and I will say, just to put my cards on the table, that I am sympathetic to the anti-Trump side. All right, I am. I was never impressed with the guy. I, think he, I, I personally think he's a moron. And I, I could be wrong, but I think he's a moron. And he shouldn't be running the country. Um, I just think so. I do have a friend who has said that uh, one thing he's noticed is his his investments have done really well since uh, Trump's been president. He's he's earned a lot more money that way. I don't know if it's a four hundred one k or IRA or whatever he's got, but he has mentioned that, and that could just be coincidence. Uh, who know I don't know, but uh, I think he's a moron and uh, shouldn't be president. But then again. What do, what do I know? I'm just a, an artist who works as a janitor, who writes a blog and does a podcast. I don't, what do I know? Uh, so I've been watching this, going back and forth, and I've, I have a friend who's, who's in the pro-Trump side, and it's strange. You know, you, 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 you can't go by stereotypes. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but um, the, some friends that I have on Facebook that are pro-Trump, uh do not tick off all the stereotypes of who would be f- for for Trump uh the the one friend who gets uh, probably closest he's a middle-aged white guy so th- that but he he's he's poor he ain't got money <laughs> so I mean sometimes he's he does pretty well and sometimes he's flush he's a freelancer uh, and uh, a freelance uh, graphics person um, and sometimes he's He's flush, other times he's struggling and uh, and he's a he's a pro-trump guy, and then there's a, a woman that I went to high school with, and she's a woman. <laughs> and she's a pro-Trump guy. Um, and then there's a fellow that I went to school with all going all the way back to grade school and he and he's, he's a pro-Trump guy, and he's Native American and he's a, a marijuana enthusiast. so you know, it's you just don't know. This this is just click into the stereotypes. I don't think any of them to be racists, um, uh, you know, because it's supposed to be you know, the the stereotype is that uh, racists support the president. Maybe that's so, and that Trump's a racist and all this. And again, I don't want to dig into the weeds, but I think he's a moron. That's just my position. I think he's a moron. Um, <clears throat> nevertheless, these these are some of the people that post some stuff. That um, are pro-Trump and are questioning the uh, uh, this this whole this whole impeachment thing. There is uh, yeah, there's been this there's a treaty apparently between the United States and Ukraine that uh, seems to allow having the you know Ukrainian authorities uh, dig up dirt on political opponents. They at least that's what's been shared by my Trump supporting friends, and I. Really? Yeah, I don't know, but um, I'm I'm reminded of uh, when Bill Clinton went through his impeachment. Now, Bill Clinton Clinton was impeached. Uh, he's one of two presidents in the United in the history of the United States of America to have been impeached. He's the only uh, elected president to be impeached. The first. President to go through this process was Andrew Johnson. He was he was elected vice president uh, for, with um, uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln, and uh, he was impeached after Lincoln's assassination. And uh, Johnson took off uh, took over as president. And you know I don't know. How that all went, other than that, once the impeachment, he was impeached. The impeaching thing takes place in the House of Representatives. They decide, okay, these are the, you know, we do see that. Uh, as far as we're concerned, the president did commit these high crimes and misdemeanors. We've we, we've uh, we've we've written out these articles of impeachment and we've we've passed them, and he's impeached. Now, what are we going to do about this? What happens next? It heads to the Senate, and then the Senate has a trial, and they decide whether or not the impeachment, uh, that uh, information that they've got, um, warrants taking him out of uh, taking the president out of office. And Johnson remained in office, uh, as I understand, by one vote, and Clinton remained in office pretty much along party lines, and I'm sure Trump will remain in office along party lines and all that. I'm sure that'll happen, and he'll be reelected. Um, that's my fear that he's going to be reelected because I, I don't know, I just anyway, I just don't think the Democrats are getting it. Give us somebody that's better, you know, and just just campaign on being better, being the best candidate that's possible, and just being better not 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 being not Trump, just being better, you know. And you know, so anyway, um, but when Bill Clinton was going through his stuff in the in the '90s, uh, I was much more conservative than him. And this friend of mine, who's middle-aged white guy, pro-Trump, um, he he also was conservative <laughs> at the time and the two of us uh, we would listen to uh, conservative talk radio and there was this one particular host now i don't know if he if he coined this phrase or if it just be made it popular but i've been i've been enjoying reviving it recently and the phrase is uh, at least nixon resigned now nixon was not impeached he was about to be but he resigned before the process was completed and you know, and and he didn't you know, well, I'm not going to get into the stuff. I'm just, he wasn't impeached. Uh, he resigned before that could happen. So, this phrase, at least Nixon resigned, came up. And this friend of mine, I, I, I think he had a shirt that had it on there, and we would say at least Nixon resigned. And I've been able to say that now, put that into a couple, I've done it a couple of times where I put it into the comments on something. I say, well, at least Nixon resigned. And I did that. Uh, with this friend of mine, and on a thread that he posted, uh, something he posted about the 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 uh, the, uh, the impeachment or this these hearings, the Democrats are not just they're not attacking Trump, they're attacking democracy. Okay, yeah, that's the, yeah, sure there. are. Um, <clears throat> this is how democracy works. <laughs> there is the impeachment process it is part of the system, and this is this is how it ha- this is how it works. Okay, and this is what happens. Uh, anyway, and uh, um, and I put it in there, and my friend said, "Well, Nixon had reason to resign." Well, uh, again, I'm sympathetic toward the side that are anti-Trump, and you know, I think that in 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 enlisting a foreign nation to help try to find dirt on a political political opponent, I think that's impeachable. I think so. Uh, whether there's quid pro quo or not. I think that alone. And the presidents admitted he he did it. So, well, okay. Okay. How it's going to shake out, I don't know. Uh, my guess is that the impeachment process will go forward. He, you know, the house will impeach him, it'll go to the Senate, the Senate will acquit him, he'll, you know, remain president and he'll get reelected. Um that's that's what I think's going to happen. I hope I'm wrong. I've been wrong in these things before. But I thought of something looking at this, and this is I don't know if this is me being contrarian or me being uh, this attempt to be balanced and fair minded or what i don't I'm not sure, but I thought let's you know I'd ask these people the pro trumps and the anti trumps to try this this thought experiment um, imagine. It's eight years ago, and eight years ago, we were at the same point uh, in President Obama's first term in office, right? Have I got the math right? Eight years ago, we would be at the same point in his first term as we are in in uh, President Trump's first term, assuming he gets a second term, which I'm assuming he's going to get a second term. And boy, is that going to mess up the uh, Supreme Court, because you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not going to survive another four years come on i mean she's what 140 yeah I, I don't know if she's not that old but she's old she's up there i mean yeah well, maybe but i anyway nevertheless uh, let's go back four years or uh, eight years let's go back to that point and let's say that everything else is the same as it was back then you know Obama's the kind of guy that he was. He he still supports the same policies that he supported. Everything's the same. The economy's the same way that it was. All that stuff's the same, except for one thing. And this one thing is exactly what Trump is accused of right now. And that is the uh, asking Ukraine to dig up dirt on Joe Biden and there being this... And part of that being a, a, a quid pro quo, at least that those are the accusations. Let's say that's the that's the difference, and it's levied at uh, President Obama. And Obama says, "Well, yeah, I did ask the president of Ukraine to look into Joe Biden, but but it's no per, quid pro quo. Well, everything's the same as far as that goes. Okay, and then every and then all the rest of the stuff the way it used to be." That's the same. So this this difference here is the is the whole impeachment aspect that uh, we're having with uh, President Trump right now. Okay, let's say that's happening, and I ask the the pro Trumpers, um, obviously would be the Republicans, going after Obama. Uh, would you guys be saying this is not just an attack on Trump or on Obama? I should say this is this is an attack. On democracy, would you still be supporting this idea that uh, hey, there's this treaty? Uh, would you still be downplaying it? Would you be saying that this this is uh, witch hunt? Would you be doing that? Would you, or would you be saying, look, I don't like President Obama? I don't like his policies, I don't like where he's taken the country, I don't like what he's done, uh, I don't agree with his policies, I don't think going forward would be a good idea to have him as president, but I don't think this is uh, a reason to remove him from office or put him through the impeachment process. I think this is a distraction that the Republicans, my party, remember you're a pro-Trumper, my party are going through, you know, they are putting this country through. Would that be your reaction? And then I ask you over there, you guys, the, the anti-Trumps, I ask you the same thing, only just the, the flip side. You're so vehemently against Trump at this point. Let's suppose that this was, and I'm assuming, you know, I'm assuming both of these sides were, you know, either you know, correspondingly for or against Obama. Although there were probably people who are pro-Trump now that were pro-Obama. I mean, there might be, not too many. And there might be people that were anti-Trump now and anti-Obama then. There might, you know, there might be. But the anti trump folks, I ask you the same, or at least the similar question: Would you be looking at? No, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Love the guy, you know. I like his policies. I like I like the direction he's moving the country in. I like what he's doing. I think he's a wonderful man. Except, you know, he's enlisting the aid of a foreign nation to his political gain. And and he's holding up military aid or some you know, some some financing. He's holding that up in case you know to to get them to help us. You 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 help us, I'll give you this. And it's wrong and he's got to go. I don't know, man. Can you do that? That thought experiment? And be intellectually honest with yourself and think, "Yeah, I'd be that way." Or Really, would it still be, you know, it's it's bad when your guy does it, but it's okay when my guy does it. Would that be it? I mean, we're humans, and it's not easy, you know. It's it's not easy to go against your team. So I don't know. I just thought I'd throw it out there. See what you guys think. Uh, I'm going to head to my first break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Tiffin Simmons. I'll be back with this break with, uh, you know, some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Usually that's what I do when I come from back from breaks. I have stuff.
1: This
0: station's not your cup of tea. Then drink coffee! 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 <laughs> <laughs> drink coffee!
1: 100% news, 100% information, 100% guarantee. Thought you might
0: like say that. <laughs> You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network.
1: He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network.
0: You're listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ZTalkRadio.com. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Simmons. I got one of these. Come on, let's play it, play it, play it. Oh, for Pete's sake. Come on. <laughs> Sometimes it's my fingers. Yes, I have a Dimland Radio ARG. Uh, I, I don't know if I've complained about this before, but. Um, uh, you know, I listen to podcasts, and I've mentioned in the past how it bothers me when uh, podcasters will have uh, an iced drink you know, in a glass, and you can hear the tinkity 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 tink in the background of you know, the, the ice clinking around the glass. I don't like that. It's annoying, and they should be aware of these things. But uh, there's something else that goes on in podcasts. Now, It's I do this thing by myself. So I don't, I don't. It, I'm not subject to this particular problem. Although uh, I will go off on tangents, and uh, I'll, meaning I'll interrupt myself in the in a story that I'm telling or something, a subject that I'm talking about. Uh, but I'll, I'll let you in on this, and I, I may have let you in on this before. Um, quite often, not always, but quite often, my tangents are at least sort of planned. I have a little aside in my book, just, just in case, and if I feel like going into it, I'll go into it. I will come back. You know, it's, It is somewhat planned. Um, but sometimes the tangents just, just, it just does occur to me and I go there. The trick for you is to figure out which is which. Am, is it just a natural tangent that I've gone off on? Or is it something that maybe I planned? You know, and, I'm, and I'm not going to tell you which. It, it it is when it happens. It just because that's just part of the charm of my show, right? At least I hope it is. Okay, so I listen to a fair amount of podcasts, and a good deal of them have more than one host. You know, the, and and when you have more than one host, there's the the opportunity for interruptions to take place. For interjections, things like that, you know, it to to come up that 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 can endanger throwing the flow of a conversation or the flow of a story being told, throwing it off because of the interruption, especially if the interruptions mount up, if it gets to be a lot of them. I listen to a podcast called uh, My Favorite Murder talked about it before on here um it's it's you know there's two women who host that show uh karen and georgia and one of the things that they do on that show that drives me nuts is that you know they each tell a true crime story and every week they have to figure out who goes first sometimes it's done quickly sometimes it's drawn out yeah, you know, do you go first? Did I go first last week? Steven! Steven's the name of the producer. Steven, who goes first? You know, they do that. And I listen to it and I say, you know, this is the thing that you were one of the things that you were supposed to work out before you hit the record button. You know, Karen and George just look at each other and say, Okay, we're about to start, who's going first this week? Get that settled and then do it. You know. But otherwise, They're pretty good about when one's telling their story, their true crime stories, when one's telling their story, the other listens. Sure, there's an interjection here and there. There might be an interruption here and there that might cause a little bit of a speed bump in the story. But for the most part, they do it pretty well. It's not, I don't find myself getting annoyed. And there's another podcast to listen to called uh, "The Last Podcast on the Left." That one has three hosts: these three fellows, uh, Ben, Marcus, and Henry. uh, The three of them will. It's it's a lot of times it's a true crime podcast as well, but they'll talk about they'll do other things like they did uh, 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 like a four or five part series on Mormonism the history of it, and that, that kind of thing. They've done podcasts about L. Ron Hubbard, um, uh, you know, things like that. And it and Marcus is the guy who tells the story. He provides the, all the information. Uh, Henry, his, his bit is to, uh, for the most part, uh, or a large part of his bit is to do all the, if there's a quote, he plays these characters, and he'll do the quotes as, as these characters. And then Ben sort of throws in some, riffs some jokes and throws in some stuff, and Henry throws in some jokes, uh, and that's, that's kind of how they do it. But they seem to have a, a, a bit of a planned out way of doing it. And again, there can be some interruptions, there can be some interjections while Marcus is telling the story, but it doesn't, it doesn't knock the, the train off the rails. And then there's this other podcast I know I've mentioned on the show several times, and it's The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Uh, it's an excellent skeptical podcast uh, and science news podcast. It's really, it's really good. Uh, and it's, ho- it's got five people on that show. It's hosted by Steve Novella, and it has, uh, as the co-host, there's a, uh, his two brothers, uh, two of his brothers, uh, Bob and Jay, and then there's Evan, and there's Kara, and the, the five of them do this uh, a podcast that goes about an hour and a half, and there, there, it's it's you know it's it's done in a in a fairly controlled manner. Um, you know, each member of the show has a story that they tell, uh, some news item or so, something or like that, and. And then, you know, they, they tell the story. There might be an interjection here and there. there. Might be a question that comes up while the story's being told. But then and then there's a discussion about it after they're done. And it's handled really well. So it's the flow of the conversation keeps going. So I'm building up to what caused me to go ARG this this last Saturday. Saturday mornings, I head to the comic book store. And uh, before the store opens, I'm in there. I'm putting comic books into the onto the shelves of uh, the inventory that I've done during the week, and, and I, I'm putting them on the shelves. And I'm listening to podcasts. And one of the podcasts I listen to is called "Dead the Dead Bodies" podcast or "Dead Bodies" podcast. It's uh, it comes out of Australia. It's hosted by two women, Charnel and Dee Dee. They are both uh, journalists uh, in, in Australian. On Australian TV or something like that. I think Dee Dee's a presenter and uh, and Charnel's a, a reporter, and she reports on crime, and and they will tell stories about you know dead bodies. Uh, and it's a true crime podcast as well. I, I enjoy true crime podcasts. So you probably should be able to figure that out since three of the four podcasts I just talked about I've just mentioned have, have true crime elements to them, and they do this show. And it, and I, I like the host, and I don't want to discourage you from listening to it or from checking it out. You might not be bothered by this kind of thing. Uh, I am. They this is a, a, of the show, the podcast I've listened to that have more than one host. This is the most egregious of the interrupting, interjecting, knocking the train off the tracks, podcast I've ever heard. It is. It it. You know, Charnell's worse than Dee Dee, but Dee Dee will do it too. And you know, you know, Dee Dee's telling the story, and Charnel just keeps barging in, barging in, barging in. I'm telling you, it just it just keeps going and going. And I and I I I, I, I get exasperated about it. And but I keep listening. And a few weeks ago, uh, somebody had emailed into the show, a listener, another listener. It wasn't me. This other listener emailed in and complained about their constant interruptions of each other. They're, you know, part of the art of a discussion is listening. And if you're doing a podcast and you've got you know more than one host, you have to listen for those moments when you can interject, and when you shouldn't. You have to listen, and it doesn't seem like you know. Oh, I want to say this, and it pops in the head, and they start saying it. And sometimes maybe it's a joke, or sometimes it's just uh, it reminded them of something else that might be. Barely related. It's just blurt, 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 you know, and that's what they, the two, the two of them do. And this other listener was bringing that up to their attention. So what did they decide to do? They decided to take one of those hotel desk bells, you know, the one, the little dome shaped bell with the little the the trigger on the top, and you just tap that, and you go ding, you know, bellhop, you know, that, that little bell, and it's very obnoxious. They decided when one or the other. Of the two hosts, uh, listening into the story being told, uh, wants to interject. They ring that bell, and then they interject. So now it's they're not just they're not not only are they interrupting the show, they're interrupting the show by a loud, annoying ding. Well, that lasted maybe a show and a half before they gave up on that, and then they came up with this idea: they'll just shout their names, and it's it's you know Chanel, and then she'll. Jump in and say something, throwing it off. And what's what makes it even the, the worst aspect of it? It makes it so terrible for me. If you listen to conversations, you listen to somebody talking about something, and and you 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 can hear when the person is getting to they're starting to get to that to the point. They've done their setup and they're working their way to the point, or, or at least an, point, an important aspect of the story that they're telling. You can tell if you're listening and blurt. (laughs) And it takes them off the track. And sometimes it sounds like they're going to say something else. It sounds like they're going to get to some other point, and they never get back to it because of the interruption. And you, as a listener, me especially, because it bothers me, it's just, ah! (laughs) It's just the arg thing. So, I was listening to uh, Dead Bodies last Saturday morning, I'm putting away stuff, and I realized that, and um, be prepared, I'm going to suspend a certain uh, ban of of a a particular word said on this show for this moment, because I feel I need to say it the way I said it while listening to the show. When I realized, listening to Dead Bodies, that I had said in about ten minutes of the show or fifteen minutes of the show, I had said about fifteen times, shut the fuck up <laughs> I, I I beg your pardon, but that's what I said. I, I swear to you, I said it about fifteen times and after the fifteenth time of saying it, I realized that that's it. I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't deal with this. I can't listen to this anymore. You know, I like the two hosts. They're they're likable people. They do a pretty good job when they do the storytelling, when they get to it, if they allow each other to do it. But it's just sometimes, I, it's some shows are better than others that they've done, but sometimes it's just so egregious. It's just so often. It's just so over the top. And that's what was happening. And I realized, I I can't keep listening to this. So, unsubscribe, delete from library, it's done. Again, I'm not trying to discourage you from listening to it. You might have a much higher tolerance for it. You might actually find it fun, the way they interact with each other. Uh, I I came home, and I told my wife about it. And she she said, oh, well, you know, I guess, you know, she understood. Because she was the one that... Said I should check out the podcast in the first place, and I did. And I listened to it for a while, but it just started to get too much for me. And she has said uh, since then, don't check out this podcast. Because she listens to a lot, she'll check them out and she'll listen to them for a while. And, and if you know, she might recommend them to me. But she said, don't listen to whatever this one is. Oh, you think they're bad at interrupting each other? This one, they're terrible. They're just terrible. It's three hosts or whatever. I don't, I don't have an example, but she said that. She's, she said it to me. So you can give dead bodies podcast a chance you know they have a lot more listeners than I've got uh, they, they do fine uh, but as far as that goes, it's just oh, oh. <laughs> I I just it just got to be way too much. well, I've made it to my next break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, before I interrupt myself or anything like that, why don't I take this break and I'll be back.
1: Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. Oh, Lord, Danny, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Uh. Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio. With your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons. Only on Z-Talk Radio.
0: Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff. Professor
1: Dave explains. Z Talk Radio is committed to bringing you the best radio possible. We will test your senses with innovative and entertaining radio programming.
0: Honest, informative, inspirational, and on occasion, controversial. Our listening audience will also have the opportunity to interact with the show hosts and guests. Live chat and call in capabilities. You can't be left out of the loop. Tune into all our live shows once and you'll never turn your computer off again. Z Talk Radio on your computer dial. Your healthy addiction. Welcome back to Dimland Radio, where it is time for another one of these.
1: It's time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim?
0: Well, <laughs> you could consider this a companion piece to last week's. Uh, Pedantic moment in which I talked about uh, uh, there was a photograph that was part of a meme of uh, of an 18-year-old soldier during World War II, uh, having you know they were saying that in 1944, 18-year-olds were storming the beach at Normandy, and they show a picture of a soldier, and that soldier was a Russian soldier from World War II, and as everyone should know, the Russians did not invade Normandy on June 4th, 1944. Uh, they, the, the Russians were on the other side of Europe. Uh, they were not involved in France. So, this can be considered a companion piece because another Facebook friend posted this uh, photograph um, from, I guess, some group called uh, Lone Star Gun Talk, and it's something that uh, they that uh, Lone Star Gun Talk calls uh, Military Girl Monday. And it's a picture of a of a, a rather uh, fetching young woman in fatigues, sitting on a picnic table. Now she has her back to the camera. She has a uh, uh, she has a, a long brown hair. Her, she's like I said. She's facing away from the camera, but she has her head turned to the side, so you get a nice profile. It looks, from what you can tell, looks pretty, and uh, she um, she's uh, slender, and she has a nice little bottom on her, uh, and it is right at the edge of the uh, of the uh, uh, picnic table on which she sits. Uh, now closer to the camera also on the, on that same picnic table is a machine gun and in between the machine gun and the young woman is a, it could be a backpack or a backpack with a helmet setting on top of it but there's something some more military uniform equipment uh, sitting between uh, the gun and the buns and um, the uh, my friend who posted this image he commented, our finest god bless america well i looked at the image and i thought hmm something seems off about this uh uh, she's sitting in a uh, park it looks like uh in front of her you can see a a a paved street but you can also see lots of uh, plant life uh you see palm trees and uh I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Now, I don't recognize the weapon, so that, uh, that didn't give me a clue to something. And the uniform seems fairly generic military fatigues, kind of green uniform. But it's the, it's the thing that's sitting between her and the weapon. Uh, there is a patch on the, uh, on the top of whatever that is there. And the patch is a representation of a flag, a country's flag. And the flag is that of the country of Israel. <laughs> so, <laughs> I had I couldn't help it. I just had to comment, and I said, uh, um, and I said my friend's name, that's an Israeli soldier, not an American. <laughs> God bless America! <laughs> uh, you know, but I guess he was probably distracted by her... Uh, uh, uh posterior it's just you know there are clues in these pictures not had that not had the flag in there, the patch with the flag on it I wouldn't have you know it, I, she could still just be a model sitting there but in Israel they, they, they I, I've seen other pictures where they show uh, uh attractive women who are soldiers in the Israeli army um, you know I, I I've seen other pictures of that so it's it may be a thing. Uh, so anyway, that's just a little uh, pedantic moment, which is sort of a companion piece to last week's pedantic moment. Uh, I will say, though, that uh, this week's pedantic moment, at least the photograph is more pleasant to look at than last week's was. But that's just me. You might. Your, your results may vary. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I thought I'd do uh, a few news items uh, to close out the show. Let's, uh, let's look at some news, shall we? Okay, uh, we're looking at Dateline London, and this is all, uh, pretty much most of this is from uh, uh, this this past week. Uh, The week ending um, uh, November 22nd, which is the day I'm recording this, and you'll listen to this on the 23rd or whenever you download it, okay. Um, In London, in the, uh, uh, I guess it's a borough, or uh, uh, that's part of London called Camden or Camden Town, Uh, A new tourist attraction opened this week. It's it's the brainchild of uh, a music promoter named Lee Bennett Uh, about 10 years ago. uh, He was living out in California, and he thought to himself, why doesn't London have something like Hollywood has, where Hollywood has this walk of fame? Or these stars on the sidewalks with names of actors and directors and people affiliated with Hollywood uh, lined up there, and and you you walk the Walk of Fame and you'll see some names from silent era actors who were big names in the, at the time, but have since faded from our memories. That this this does happen. Uh, it's inevitable. Uh, so he, they have that, and he was thinking, why doesn't London have something like that? And since he's a music promoter, he thought and and worked on this, I guess, for ten years, and finally got it to happen. Uh, he thought a music Walk of Fame in the UK. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it's only going to feature um, artists from you know from the UK, uh, but maybe there'll be American artists on there. Maybe there'll be French recording artists and, 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 and such. but um, So, it, instead of a star, what they lay, the slab that they lay, is in the shape of a vinyl record. And it looked to me to be about, I don't know, 18 inches in diameter, maybe 2 feet in diameter. But, you know, just this large thing looks like a vinyl record that they put down there on the walkway. And they laid the first record in this Music Walk of Fame. And which musical act do you think that was? The Beatles? The Rolling Stones? The Kinks? Was it Pink Floyd? Could it have been, you know, a, a single artist like uh, Paul McCartney or John Lennon? Elton John? David Bowie? Freddie Mercury? If you had guessed any of those, you'd be wrong because it was the Who. That's right. The first musical act in London's Music Walk of Fame is The Who. Huh? 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 I haven't talked about them in a while, but The Who and and Pete and Roger, Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey, were present for the presentation to to, to to show the Stone. I think that was done on, like, the 19th or something. And uh, they both talked at it, and it's what an honor it is, and they hope that this goes and goes, and, you know, and, and all other sorts of artists. I'm sure the Beatles will get their slab, and the Stones will get theirs, and all those other artists that I mentioned will get theirs. But uh, the Who were the first. All right? Huh? Huh? Okay. Um, well, in other news... Uh, the Who's, Roger Daltrey, lead singer, Roger Daltrey, uh, had, uh, undergone surgery this week. In fact, I think it was either today or yesterday that he went uh, surgery to, uh, take care of some stuff in his throat. He gets this, I think it's called dysplasia, dysplasia, something like that. And it's, uh, he gets these precancerous growths on his vocal cords or inside his throat. So they need, they need to remove those because they can become cancer and it can affect his voice. So he's having that done. Uh, they, they, the Who have been touring, and uh, just in just fairly recently in Houston, I think it was the the Who had to stop a show because Roger's voice gave out, and uh, and they had to cancel a few other shows. And so now he's 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 had this a similar this same procedure before, and I think two thousand nine. Uh, to remove growths on his uh, vocal cords. uh, And that his singing, his voice got better after that. And so this is something they're going to do. And and Daltry has said that, uh, you know, he's 75 years old now, and he's figuring sometime between now and when he turns 80, sometime in the next five years, he expects that the voice will go and he'll have to be done. But uh, he's going to keep giving it all he's got. And I guess they're going to start up their tour again in March and uh, so hopefully his voice will be ready for there. So that's uh, a little bit of news there. Um, okay, in other news, uh, The Who's, Pete Townsend, Roger Daltrey, and uh, their longtime manager, Bill Kirbishley have all sat down for, uh, to take part in a documentary that's being made by a local TV uh, news station in Cincinnati. That is uh, uh, a documentary that is examining the events of uh, December 3rd, 1979. Uh, that was when the Who played uh, Cincinnati, and uh, the 11 concertgoers lost their lives uh, at that show. It was uh, it was uh, it was happening at uh, Riverfront Coliseum. And there weren't uh, enough doors opened to accommodate the the crowded uh, the uh, the crowd of uh, concert goers that going in. It was they they were doing what's called what was called festival seating, which meant that um, you know first come first serve. You know you get there you get as close as you can. There's no assigned seating. You just go on in and you get there. And uh, the way it was handled was was po- it was poorly done. And 11 people were uh, were crushed to death uh, the, the uh, asphyxiation I guess was the official cause of death for all of them uh, the oldest being 27 the youngest being 15 uh, the the band did not know that it had happened Their manager Bill Kirbishley had made the decision not to tell the band uh, so they performed He didn't tell them until they came off stage uh, from the, from the show and uh, it was devastating and uh, so the three of them sit down to be interviewed and talk about. What had happened there, and this documentary is going to be like an hour-long thing, and uh, it will air on uh, December third, uh, coming up, and it it and I think it will be streamable. So I'm I'm going to see if I can find it once it's aired. Hopefully, it'll be streamable even after it's aired initially. So I'd be interested in seeing that, uh, having them talk about it. They 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 all three of them talk about how uh, that that. Tragic event still affects them to this day, and the band and this town, this uh, like there's a suburb of Cincinnati uh, that had three. There was a high school there that had three um, people uh, uh, of of the eleven that died, uh, and there's a this relationship has developed between the Who and that little town or that suburb and the school, um, and I think this, this the documentary will explore that as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that's, you uh, okay, okay, all right, uh, in other news, uh, Pete Townsend has a novel coming out, it's called uh, The Age of Anxiety, in which he, uh, and so uh, to promote this, there's a, and I'll put this in the show notes, uh, which you can get to by going to dimland.com, just click on the blog option, you'll get to the show notes, uh, he's produced two videos for, I think it's called Google Radio, uh, first I've heard of it, um, in which there's one where he does an interview with a fellow with this great Scottish accent, and he talks about this this novel that he's written, uh, and and then he talks about some other stuff. And then there's another video where uh, Pete answers his the his uh, the most Googled questions asked about Pete Townsend and the Who, uh, so he answers that. So it's cool. It's two interesting videos uh, that you check out. Uh, I'll put that up there. Um, so um, oh, and also in other news. Um, The 1975 film Tommy, directed by uh, Ken Russell, uh, based on the uh, groundbreaking rock opera produced by The Who, uh, rock opera by the same name, Tommy, uh, that movie is going to be re-released in the UK. Some select theaters in the UK, uh, it's, uh, it will be re-released. There's a movie review about it, which I'll link to on the show notes, in which they, uh, the reviewer mentions the, um, the awkwardness, the, how society has changed toward a particular character that will be, that's featured in there. Keith Moon plays a pedophile. Uh, and in the original, he's supposed to be creepy, but there's also supposed to be a sort of a sympathetic aspect to him. And I don't think we feel the same way today. We know a bit more about pedophilia now, and uh, we're not as uh, yeah. It's, it's gonna it'll be a little more difficult to watch something like that today than it was in 1975. Uh, although it should have been then. Um, and let's see, uh, let's see. Oh, and in and in uh, in other news. Uh, the Who uh, have dropped their third song off their upcoming album to be released in, uh, in December. The album just simply called Who. Uh, they dropped their third song from it today, just earlier today. In fact, I've heard it uh, just before. I just listened to it before starting to record this. I've only listened to it about like three times at this point. Um, and the song is called I Don't Want to Get Wise. Uh, I that's that's uh, that's their tune Uh, I don't want to get wise it's it's uh, it's 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 completely new uh, unlike that first single that they dropped called uh, Ball and Chain, which was a re, the Who's reworking uh, of uh, Townsend's solo song called Guantanamo. Uh, and then the next song, which the name escapes me, which I really like. <laughs> the name escapes me, and I didn't write it down here. And now there's this one called I Don't Want to Get Wise. Um, I, you know, my first few listens of it, it seems like it's pretty good. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's got me uh, excited. For that for that uh, uh, the album to come out in in December and we'll see how that goes so um, um, yeah let's see. what 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 happened for your favorite band this past week huh huh All of that was the who in one week.
1: Good night our doctor Good night Frau Blucher
0: Okay that was fun. <laughs> you know, I haven't talked about them in a while, but boy, when I do. <laughs> anyway, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, let's see, I, I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dim Fitzsimmons, uh, reminding you guys to be skeptical and that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, and also to sleep with the lights off. This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network And now a message to our competitors. Thanks for Thanks. tuning us in My life, you your clever Jimmy, you it's certainly taken me in Well, well I'm well, going, going to, hell. to hell Oh my goodness I still have time So let's do one of these
1: For another Dinland Radio pedantic moment, what did they get wrong this time, Dim?
0: Okay, you get a bonus pedantic moment. Uh, this image showed up on. I, I I ended the show early today, and I, I, I'm deciding I'm going to do this. this uh, the internet showed this picture, uh, which they label. It's labeled the first person to cosplay Darth Vader. And there's a picture of somebody in a, in a homemade Darth Vader costume. And in behind him, uh, behind this person, uh, there's, there's posters. There's a poster of Paul McCartney in the Wings era playing in concert. There's a poster of uh, George Harrison. Uh, it looks like it's probably from the uh, Concert for Bangladesh or Bangladesh. And there's other posters back there. And the copy underneath the photo reads, In 1977, Sean Schonecki... I think that's how you say his name, made his own Darth Vader costume. Remember, this was before the Internet, where pictures and costume pieces were available. Uh, that's before they were available. Everything was handmade, based off seeing the movie in theaters 14 times. So, it's that what we're being told in the meme is that because this is back in the days before the Internet... This kid would not would have only been able to figure out what the costume looked by, like by watching the movies. Except, before the internet, there were these things called newspapers, and Star Wars was a sensation, and there were lots of articles and pictures in newspapers from the movie. There were also magazines uh, about movies at the time, which would have pictures of Star Wars in the magazines which would include pictures of Darth Vader there were also bubblegum cards or trading cards uh, which were based solely on Star Wars there were comic books (laughs) the Marvel Comics released uh, Star Wars comics That same year, the movie was a huge success. Marvel got the rights to do Star Wars, and so they, you know, shortly after the movie had come out, Star Wars did the comic book version of it and put that out there. So, and there were the toys, there were the little toys. So, don't tell me. I mean, that's 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 wonderful that this kid made this costume. It's you know it's pretty close and all that, and it, that and it looks like Darth Vader. But he wasn't just going by memory from seeing it from movies. He had plenty, plenty of sources from which he could have drawn, you know, uh, the images for to make his costume. So yeah, yeah, it's it's don't tell me, yeah, yeah, it's he he had pictures. I, I he had to have pictures. Come on.